I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story all about paying double. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, prepaid envelopes can be very expensive. So this happened over 30 years ago when I was 16 in the 1980s. In those days, there were adverts in the press for a record club. This is actual physical albums, where you could get some albums free by signing up and then get sent three a month, after which you had to pay for by a money order within 30 days or get charged interest. So I used it for a few months and it was okay, but then there was less and less good choices and I wanted to cancel the subscription. Each month I got the albums, I could return them in prepaid plastic envelopes, but for the first few months, I kept the albums, so I had a load of spare prepaid envelopes. Important for later... When the quality of the albums went down, I just sent them back, but this was becoming a nuisance since it was getting close to when I was due to go to college and move away from home. I'd contacted the company to cancel the subscription, but that's when they nuked me by saying that I'd agreed to a 36-month rolling contract from each agreed purchase. Waiting three years to get rid of this was not an option because I'd need to return every month to my parents to return the albums. I told them I was moving away. They were not interested, thinking they had me, and they did. They told me to send anything back I didn't need each month and pay for what I kept, and they would start the ending of my contract from when I stopped buying albums. I made it clear I had stopped. Cue the malicious compliance. I thought about all the things I did not need that I could send them apart from the garbage albums I was being sent each month. My dad did building work on the side of his main job, so we had hardcore and cement in abundance at the back of the house. So I got one of the first plastic prepaid envelopes and filled it with hardcore and wet cement, waiting for it to set. It was almost too heavy for me to carry to the post office, but I got it there. The company had to pay by weight for whatever was in the envelope, so it would have cost a lot. I phoned them two weeks after that. I mentioned I had quite a few envelopes, and they wisely decided to cancel my account immediately. If it looks too good to be true, then it is. I learned that at 17. If you gotta sign like a legitimate contract for a subscription service, then yeah, you better read that thing over. God forbid nowadays you sign up for one of those green eating monthly recipe and food delivery subscription boxes, and you find out that you have to like pay a 36 month fee if you want to cancel early or whatnot. It's already bad enough when cable companies treated you like that for early cancellations, let alone a monthly subscription box. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is What Professor Asks For, Professor Gets. I had a hand in this malicious compliance, and it was rather nice. First, a little information. Back when I was working as a classroom technician for my local community college, After I graduated, the college had a need for a technical scribe for a blind student. They needed someone who could not only provide direction of what the computer was showing on the screen that the Dragon software, software that can audibly give cues on what you were doing, was unable to, but also had the technical skills to also know how to work the software that was being used. I fit in perfectly and so was hired on to do the technical interpreting for the student for the quarter. 
The professor assigned for the students to create a user interface that did some specific things. Well, the paper that he gave out had a general idea of what the students were to create. To help, but not overly help, I designed the general GUI, graphical user interface, and then let the student do the brunt of the work that Dragon functioned for, and I filled in the gaps by verbally cueing him on where he was and what to do next, because Dragon wasn't giving any cues. Student then turned in the assignment. Professor asks us to come to his office the next day and says that he knows I did the GUI part and it was the student's responsibility to do their own interpretation of what he handed out. I was about to explain, but the student grabbed my arm, politely apologized, and said he will do as asked. We leave his office and I ask, what's up? He replied, can you edit the settings on those laser printers in the computer lab to print a page of nothing but black? I said, sure. So we do so, and after that black page was printed out, we went back to the professor's office. He said, well, that was quick. The student handed over the paper, and the professor was very confused. Student then spoke up. You said for me to design a GUI based off of what you printed. This is what I saw, so I'm giving you my interpretation of the image that you printed for the class. At that moment, the professor had a light bulb go off in his head, realizing that he required a blind student to give their interpretation of an image he printed for the class. He apologized, said the previous work will be counted, and for future assignments to proceed as we had been. He then said to the student, well played. At least the professor realized when they had been being an utter fool and backtracked super hard here. It wouldn't even doubt me if he told me that in another scenario with some of the professors you hear about, they would actually just double down even with the student being blind. This next story is... You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection... Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You want me to act my wage? Alright then, this was my first job a few years back. I was a working student at a startup as web dev. I was specialized in the field they deployed their software in, as well as the used technology. The first year was great. I learned a lot, and though I had a contract for 20 hours, I worked at least 40, more than a few weeks, even 60. I identified myself with the company, with the product, with the people. Come another year down the road, people wanted to implement a feature. I raised concerns that I might be difficult to implement, given the software architecture at that point, and also probably useless because the metrics were a mess. The CEO told me to act your wage, and I thought to myself, alright, will do. I strictly committed to my 20 hours per week, didn't work a second longer. I updated my CV, got an interview and a new job, 
quit within a month notice. The company leadership was horrified and had to take actions, I learned later. To hire a new web dev who could pick up work where I left, they had to fire almost the whole sales department. My resignation caused them to lay off almost 30% of their workforce. By today, the company operates with 35% remaining employees. I think there's really three kinds of people. Those who are willing to work above and beyond and actually work unpaid hours, those who would never do such a thing to even begin with, and those who started out as number one but realized it's not worth it and the company loves to screw you over for it. At some point, there's that moment where you realize, why am I doing all this for a company? This next story is, don't make work for me. I like to cook, and it does make a bit of a mess, but I clean up as I go. I might be simmering something for 30 minutes, so I take a little time to clean up. In the end, I have very nice food, but if I leave the final pot in the sink, even while we are eating, my wife will complain that I make work for her. I just say that I think it's fair for her to clean one pot after I spend all the time cooking and cleaning, or she can just wait until I get it. She says that cooking is my hobby and she doesn't need it, as she can survive on cottage cheese and toast without making a huge mess. I should do all the work myself. So I decided to test this out. I went to the store and got all the ingredients for cod stew. I rarely make this because the ingredients cost nearly $40, or about $8 to $10 per serving. I made the stew and filled the house with the wonderful smells. I cleaned up everything while it was simmering. Then I got myself a bowl and put the rest of the stew away and washed the pot. Then I came in for service and sat down with my steaming bowl of cod stew and set her a bowl of cottage cheese and a side of toast. Update, of course she put the cottage cheese away and she had the stew. It isn't like I can put a lock on it. But it was funny and she mellowed a little on the cleaning after that. As far as their relationship goes, I don't know the actual division of true labor and time and work. But I would just think if you're in a relationship where somebody goes and puts in a lot of effort to make something really nice for you, you should want to help make up for that in wanting to help clean the dishes later. Like, isn't that just a fair trade-off? Easy to say you're fine with bologna sandwiches for the rest of your life until you're actually faced with it. Our next story is malicious compliance against grocery store boss. I was browsing another sub that's heavily against a grocery chain in Canada, and it reminded me of the seven years I spent working as a cashier at a grocery store throughout high school and university summers. My boss was and still is the owner at the store I worked at, and he was incredibly hated, but also feared because he was so mean. His own son worked there and disliked him, but in front of customers, he was as fake as can be. Anyways, he was always enforcing the tiniest things, like during Christmas time, he wanted the Christmas hats drooped around the numbers of the tills instead of on our heads. I sometimes took them off and wore them, and he would aggressively pluck them off my head and berate me when nobody was around that kind of thing. For the malicious compliance, the store used to charge 25 cents per plastic bag used. Back when plastic bags were a thing, one time a customer was a friend of the owner's, so he told me not to charge them. It's on the house for any friend of ours, he said as he slapped me, a tiny 16-year-old girl at the time, on the back. Well, the next customer... Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Emmer had seen the full exchange, and when it was his turn, he said, Hey, I'm a friend too, right? As a joke, I decided, sure, you're my friend now, and didn't charge him. After that, I didn't charge for a plastic bag again, because all paying customers are friends of ours. I always felt like it was my little fight against the owner to just give these bags away for free. Granted, now that I'm into environmentalism, I feel like giving them away for free probably made the store buy more due to demand, etc. But I was a teenager, and my malicious compliance felt good. I mean, I think it would take a little bit more than one store's plastic bags to really ruin the environment, but I definitely understand where OP's coming from. If you have some small thing, as long as it doesn't get you in trouble, that gets you through your work shift and you don't feel super stressed out and you feel like you got something over on the boss you don't really like, I imagine it makes the workday a little bit easier to get through. Our next story is, hope your vision is good. I worked for a manager that would deliberately set up employees to fail by making unreasonable requests. They would then use the failure as a reason to deny raises, promotion, and transfers. For example, I was asked to create a one-page report with an amount of information that would take around four pages. Knowing that more than one page would impact my annual review, I resorted to malicious compliance. The report contained all of the required information and fit on a single page, and my boss learned that three-point font is a thing and that they needed glasses. You just know it's bad when you turn in your report and you have to just include the magnifying glass with it. Trust me boss, you're gonna need it. Or you bring along the old school pirate telescope that you fold out. This next story is, we have removed the toilet from the storage closet. I work in a highly regulated industry, the town has rules, the state has rules, we have independent certifications to maintain, and corporate oversight. I hate bureaucracy and being told what to do, so there's a bit of a poor fit there to be honest. Anyway, we had a bedroom that was in a weird spot and had some layout issues too so it was never used. There were two others 15 feet away. We didn't use or need it but we did need storage space badly, so we put a lock on the door and stored our stuff in there. The bathroom wasn't needed for town rules, the state didn't care, we didn't need it to maintain our certifications, but corporate. Corporate HQ had a rule that you couldn't store things in a bathroom. Good idea, that could be gross, but we locked it up and it's not used as a bathroom. No one can even get in there. Too bad, we are cited for breaking the rules and have to provide evidence to HQ that we have resolved this horrible failure. We are annoyed that no one can get their heads out of their butts to see that it makes no sense. So I called our plumbers. Compliance letter sent. The toilet has been removed from the storage closet. I'm just wondering who owns the building, because if it's like this corporate HQ that owns the building, it is a lovely malicious compliance to reduce the capability of one of their rooms solely because of their dumb ruling. Congratulations, now because you said we couldn't put anything in this unused room, we've now removed the plumbing from it. This next story is, management insists on employees telling people where they're from for conversation purposes. I decided it was a matter of opinion. I work at a small casino, and last year, management decided all employees had to wear name tags with their hometown on them as conversation starters with guests. As you can probably imagine, a lot of us had issues with that, but there was no arguing with them. Some people tried to not put their hometown down, but managers wrote it in for them to the best of their memories. A few people tried to be smart and write down places like Nunya, Peru, or heck, Michigan. Those also got vetoed. 
I, however, being a bit more creative than most and being a big horror fan as well as a writer, chose a hometown that wouldn't raise any eyebrows unless you were actually paying attention. My choice actually slipped through the cracks, although is certainly a conversation starter if you know, my name tag lists my hometown as Derry, Maine. Anyone want a balloon? Ah yeah, back in my hometown there's this weird thing, we all seem to float down there. Our next story is, won't pay my dues? Pay double for my training. Several years ago, I was employed by a government agency. I'm a professional and I have mandatory continuing education requirements to keep my license. The agency, reluctantly, was paying the bare minimum for my annual license renewal and would pay for the cheapest annual training. A subgroup of the licensing entity exists for professionals who work in the same niche as me. During the relevant time frame, the dues for the subgroup were $15 annually. The subgroup offered a package of all the required training, one hour each of two mandatory subjects areas, and a total of 12 and a half hours. Most commercial training is around $150 to $200 an hour, although there are some freebies here and there used by companies as advertising, but not usually very relevant to my job. The very relevant subgroup training was $50 to members, so membership and training could be paid in one check for $65, a bargain. Agency Bean Counter said that they could not pay the $15. So for a number of years, I refused to join the group and the Bean Counter paid $100 for my training. After a number of years, I transferred to a different agency. New Bean Counter had no issue with paying the membership to save money. This is just how you know you work for a place that is too sprawling of some kind of organization or company. They've got stuff like this going on where the Bean Counters are checked out and they're only focused on one budget. Doesn't matter if they're paying more in the long run, as long as it just looks good. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.